Fit Nation. It's Fit Nation. Awesome. Diamonds, I like stunning, I like shining, I like million dollar deals, where's my pen? Bitch, I'm signing, I like those Balenciagas, the ones that look like socks, I like going to the Tula, I put rocks all in my watch, I like sexes from my exes when they want a second chance, I like proving wrong, I do what they say I can't, they call me party, party, banging body, spicy mommy, hot tamale, hotter than a Somali, bird, go, fuck, worry, hop off the stool, jump in the coop, on top of the roof, fixing them as hard as I can, eating halal, driving a lamb, so that bitch, I'm sorry though, got my coins like Mario, yeah, they call me Cardi B, I run this shit like cardio, diamond district in the jack, Que habías escuchado mi gente Ya no soy high, high. soy como el testa rosa. rosa Soy el que se la vive y también el que la goza Goza, goza, es la cosa, mami es la cosa, cosa El goza. que mira sufre y el que toca goza Hacer a la que la da Hacer a la que la da Hacer a la que la da Like it like that. I'm just looking to change. Step by, you know I'm gang. 
feel like you're leading a path towards the dark stop and think about those who are around you think about how they truly value you how they will miss you you are not alone you need to talk to someone someone will listen to you if you feel like you'll be a burden to someone or feel embarrassed to share what you're going through with your family or friends call the anonymous hotline at 1-800-273-8255 and press option one don't make a permanent solution to a temporary problem if you're a new listener Thanks for joining us. Please subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast apps to include the Military Broadcast Radio app. And check out our family shows. They're all hosted by fellow veterans. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel at the underscore Misfit Nation. That's the underscore Misfit Nation. Subscribe and click the bell. This will keep you up to date with our latest news, episodes, and of course, stories of our guests. Speaking of which, our next guest is the founder and CEO of Visionary Literary, a full-service writing and publishing company for nonfiction books. After serving as a ghostwriter for over a decade and amassing a client list that includes professional athletes, leaders, leaders of billion-dollar organizations, and decorated war veterans, he founded Visionary Literary with one goal in mind, bring more literature to life. So without further ado, let's welcome John Feldman to Mis Misfit Nation. Welcome, John. Thank you, Rich. I appreciate you having me. Um, Love everything you do with the show and the, you know, uh, shining a light on veterans. So much appreciated. And no problem. Uh, thanks for uh, being patient and getting us uh, waiting to get us in here together. It took us a couple months to get this going, but uh, our patience has uh, played off. And here we are as we're leaning into summer and uh, getting this interview done. And uh, I'm sure you and if you yeah, don't mind, John, uh, tell us a little bit about your backstory, how you got all started from as far back as you want to go to where we are now and what's going on. Sure. So uh, I, you know, back in, in college, I had no idea what I wanted to do. Uh, I started, um, a friend of mine said, you should write a screenplay about our life in college. Um, and it was, it was God awful. Uh, the worst thing I'd ever written, but it was the beginning of a career that took me into uh, fiction writing. And then I moved into nonfiction writing. Um, and for the last few years, I've been uh, writing for um, some, some pretty sophisticated clients, have learned a lot have been, you know, been able to, to walk in shoes of, of, you know, shoes that I would never be able to fill, but, um, just great stories and just took my, my efforts, everything that I've learned, uh, and kind of brought it into visionary literary, trying to, again, just, uh, bring more stories to life, more nonfiction books to help individuals who want to learn, who love to read. Awesome. And uh, Visionary Literary, it's a publishing company as well. So you bring on new authors or you just help people learn to write? Uh, so yeah, we publish. So we, um, we ghostwrite, we, um, we write the book and then we publish, we help with promotion, distribution, everything from idea conception all the way up until launch and, and for a few weeks after that with the marketing plan. Oh, outstanding. How long have you had Visionary Literary up and running now? Uh, about a year now. So, yeah, so I, I started, obviously I wanted to start slowly, um, did everything myself, owner operator for a while, did a few projects on my own, um, 
you know, and kind of just solidified that process based on, you know, what I'd learned. And then in March, so two months ago, um, a little bit of an expansion, we brought on some sales reps. We are growing our pool of ghostwriters, editors, uh, some project managers, things like that. So, um, it's been a scary leap, but it's been a fun one. Um, and yeah, I'm just, you know, looking forward to the growth that we will see. A lot of people will take that leap in the leap of faith, basically is what it's called. We like to call it is when you jump from something that's solid and steady into something unknown, like you did to a visionary literary, when yeah. I jump into is in the middle of a, a tumultuous time in the world that really, and uh, I'm going to start something new and, and go, go forth. Did you have a lot of anxiety as you jumped into it? Um, not at first because it was just a solo thing and I still had my other freelancing, um, kind of full-time job that was still sitting there. So I knew if it failed, then I had something to fall back on, especially, you know, I'm, I'm married with kids. My wife doesn't work. So I'm like the sole provider. So if, if anything fails, then, you know, I'm bringing the whole family down with me. Uh, but then in March when, um, you know, I took out a loan and really, and expanded, um, kind of went all in and, uh, yeah, so we're in the early stages of that and we'll see, reach back out in six months and I'll let you know where I am. <laughs> uh, when you were, like you said in college, you, you wrote the college screenplay and it was horrible. God awful. You got your words of God awful, but yep. <laughs> did you try to push that to anyone or you just kept it amongst you and your friends? No, no, I did. I tried. I sent out letters to, um, you know, Paramount Pictures and like the top uh, movie producers and just got every, um, you know, the standard rejection back. But I still actually kept some of those rejection letters because it was pretty cool to see Paramount Pictures write a letter to me personally. Um, I mean, it was printed and and just a standard letter, but um, still, still interesting. But yeah, they were the beginning steps. I mean, so many things in life that I've, that I've learned over the past like decade, uh, you know, when you're in high school and when you're in college and when you're young, you just fear that rejection. Um, and then as you get older, you just learn that like every, every rejection that you get in life just teaches you something. It's a learning experience. Um, and I have had so many rejections, um, from, you know, rejection letters, for, you know, my fiction books, scripts, anything like that. So, I mean, but they've all, they've all brought me to where I am now. Um, and in my, in my years, like recently I've written for war veterans turned, um, entrepreneurs and, and then also just war veterans in general, two years ago, I actually got to write, I got to drive and meet in person, a world war II vet, um, who wanted to tell the story of, he was in the Navy uh, just of um, his, his ship was attacked by a kamikaze. So wow. very, very interesting story. He was 95 years old, still very sharp. Um, yeah. So very, very interesting stories, interesting people. So I bet that was an awesome thing. Cause uh, you know, there we're losing them. Yes. There's not a lot of them left and to get him to get his story on paper. So others can hear it and uh, read it and see it uh, for forever now. Yes, that's an awesome feat right there. Because you know, if you don't, if he wasn't able to get that out there, it would go with him to the grave. So that's yeah, a major thing for you right there for sure. It's a generation that we we don't thank enough. I don't believe. Yes. So Agreed. if someone has a, a whole manuscript ready, can they bring it to you and say, "Hey, look, I have this manuscript. Would you edit it and help me publish?" 
Yeah. Yeah. So we, if anyone has, uh, has, you know, written a manuscript, maybe it is someone who is a war vet, right? So um, a war vet turned entrepreneur who wants to tell their story. I mean, that's, that's fairly common. Um, you know, write everything out. Maybe while you were deployed, you kept everything inside of some kind of journal or you kept voice memos and you want to get all that information out onto paper. Um, you know, maybe there are fallen soldiers in your unit or your squad that you want to, um, you know, shine a light on and, and tell their stories. Uh, these are things that, that can easily, if you write the manuscript and you come to us, yeah, we have editorial review, uh, make sure that it's you know structured properly, and then we can help you get it out and onto Amazon, Barnes and Noble, um, sites like that. Awesome! I'm sure a lot of listeners out there have have their journals. I know I have my journal from every deployment. The first ones, of course, were handwritten, so I have to translate them to myself because they're pretty horrible handwriting. But as the uh, deployments went on, there was computers, so I was able to type and keep them on disk and hard drives all over the place. So they're all yeah. over my office here. It's got to get them together some point i'll have my manuscript to hand over to my I have an editor in my house my daughter who got published right out of high school so she's my editor now oh no way congrats to her yeah so she's my stickler for my grammar she tells me i'm horrible yeah i make her work harder than she has to she says i get a lot of heat a lot of heat from my daughter <laughs> oh, she has to enjoy that though yes she does <laughs> I think the emails i get from her i laugh when i'm reading them but i know she's she's laughing on the other end too yeah so I know you get to meet a lot in one year, though. I mean, I'm sure you've met besides the 95-year-old World War II vet. Have you met any other interesting uh, writers or interesting stories along the way? Yeah, lots. So being strictly nonfiction now for at least the last like five or six years, uh, just a lot of um, I was able to, again, write for an NFL player, um, for a business partner of Sam Zell, a billionaire banker. Um you know, politicians, uh, but mostly business owners and, you know, people who run courses online, um, just or public speakers, just trying to use this. So mostly what it's used, it's a tool, it's a marketing tool um, to get you, you know, on more stages as a keynote speaker, um, or to allow you to show your credibility, right? So you can get into coaching and consulting, other businesses or other individuals. Um, so yeah, there, there are several different marketing I know, plays that you can have with a book. And it is the route that we take is not the traditional publishing route. So when most people think I want to publish a book, um, they think about going the, the traditional route where they, you know, reach out to a literary agent and then they focus on book sales and royalties and New York Times bestseller. Um, our model's a bit different. Uh, it's more about keeping the, I guess, allowing the client to retain control of everything, right? So with traditional publishing, not many people know, but you hand over a lot of control. So your title, your cover design, the you know chapter structure, everything is really designed around what has worked in the past for traditional publishers, right? So book sales are everything for a traditional publisher. That's the only way that they make money. Um, but with us, we're not focused on book sales. And that's why we're strictly nonfiction. Um, is that because there are so many different ways that you can see a return on your investment. So that's, I mean, that's just one major difference of between us and traditional publishing is that, you know, for entrepreneurs, for business owners, 
that want to retain control, keep the book inside their marketing department. They can promote it as they wish. Um, yeah, just one key differentiator. Yeah, and and yeah, like you said, the control factor. Yeah. The big guys, they want that money. They, they only take on people who are going to make them money. They're not going to take a risk on anyone that they don't believe is going to make them money. And yeah, and yeah. Also, they, um, you know, if you, if, if say you're a public speaker and you want to give away free books to everyone at a conference that comes to watch you speak, if you say that if you're traditionally published through Penguin, Simon & Schuster, right, and you tell them, I want to give away a thousand free books, they're going to laugh at you and say, absolutely not. <laughs> but if you're the one that has 100% control, you can do that. If you want that out-of-pocket expense because you think that handing out a thousand books is a great lead generator for future business, then you can go ahead and do so. Right. Yeah. Going to keep control and being able to do that and have that. I think you have more of a connection with your audience as well. If you're yeah. able to just, if you speak into the audience and say, hey, look under your seat, you get a book, you get a book. Yeah. <laughs> car, all right. But, right. No, I'm not giving away cars. Just, just, yeah, book. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like Oprah Day, but that's, and that's the best way you get them. And then they look, they come back to you again. You regenerate yeah. the business, you regenerate those clicks, whatever on your site, and get you to come speak at their, another conference from someone else in the show or in the, in the audience that day. And, and someday you'll be the guy that's sitting out there. Saying, yeah, I wrote that right there. I actually wrote that right there. It's all right. But, and and that, like that's got to help because <laughs> you get the generating business as well. As so he says, hey, I did this with with John and John was awesome. And I think you should go with John too. And, and you'll have that awesome turnaround. Have you had any return business or uh, referrals in this first year? So not quite yet because, you know, the publishing, the timeline is pretty long. So from the contract signing until publication date is usually about nine to 11 months. Um, it can be expedited if somebody really has a hard deadline. So for instance, um, right now I'm writing for someone who needs a January release date, which is a small, um, kind of a shorter window than expected. But since it's like an anniversary of a specific date that they need this published in January. So we'll expedite that a bit. Um, but yeah, for the most part, since we are relatively new, only about 12 months old, we don't have any um, any return referrals just yet, but we, you know, hopefully, fingers crossed, as we continue to, to push out books, uh, we have satisfied clients who drive referrals our way. Exactly. As you grow that, that client base road, it's not multi-level marketing or triangle market, whatever they call it, pyramid schemes. It's yeah. actual good business, yeah. good professionalism brings you another client and it'll just keep referring like that as you go. And they'll say, oh, yeah, you, you need to go to John. He's he's the one you want to be with until you can finally say, hey, I'm, I'm overbooked right now, but I'm going to refer you to someone I know. <laughs> well, yeah, in, in that case, we'll just expand our, our writer pool and we'll take on the client. But there you go. Um, yeah, I mean, that would be a great problem to have is if we had to start, you know, turning people away. But so when you were younger, did you like writing when you were before college or it just happened in college? You realized, hey, I'm a good writer. It, it happened in college and I didn't realize I was a good writer until about 10 years after I first uh, put, put pen to paper. But no, I mean, I was, um, I was never a reader. Um, my, I, so many people, when they pick up a book and they start reading, I mean, every one of my friends said the same thing. They can read a paragraph and then they fall asleep. Um, that was always me when I was younger. I could never kind of sit still and read, but now, um, 
I mean, I can't read enough. I have Amazon is at my door every day with a new book because <laughs> I listen to a podcast and I hear a recommendation and I just immediately um, go and buy it. So yeah, it's been definitely a, a transformation and anyone who is, you know, listening and who thinks that they don't enjoy reading um, mostly it's because in, you know, in school we are forced to, uh, to read things that we dislike. But if you pick up a nonfiction book about entrepreneurship, um, for instance, the shoe dog by Phil Knight, the creator of Nike, right? I didn't write that. I wish I did, but it just shows how a normal everyday person can just knock down doors and stumble and get up and stumble and get up. And after 10, 15, however many years it was, just finally find success. Like if you have that smallest idea of, I want to start a business or do something great inside of your head and you read that book, your, your life will be changed forever. I know mine was after, you know, reading so many of these books and working with clients and helping them create new books is, uh, yeah, it's interesting and exciting. Books are exciting in my life somehow. <laughs> Not very exciting. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, when, when you're young and you're in school and the teacher says you must read, say, Animal Farm or uh, 1984, whatever book you had to read in high school, you have to be okay. I got I'm going to read the first page, last page, and yep. guess what happened in between and write a summary and, and turn it into and see if I can get escape by with that CD area. And yeah. And as now that you enjoy it, I'm going to read this book and because I want to. You're not right. supposed to read this. I'm reading this. And, right. And so it becomes more of an enjoyment instead of a, a job. <laughs> so, yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yes, years ago, I would never have a bookshelf in my room. And uh, now I do. So I have my school books on the bottom and other books uh, works as they go up there. So it just keeps growing. So I'm probably going to have to build another shelf in here. Right. That's, that's a, again, that's a great problem to have. I, um, I see like pictures of giant, beautiful libraries online. And I think one day, maybe when I'm in my sixties or seventies, I'll have, I'll have collected so many books that I can have a library of that size. But I think at that point, my wife might say, um, you're hoarding and you need to get rid of everything. So goes <laughs> for this. And, uh, yeah. I think it's an addiction, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I'll refuse. I'll tell her that but I can't get rid of them. I still might, I still might read them again 30 years later <laughs> now if i go before you you can sell them <laughs> there you go there you go i'll give her permission put that in the will yeah so for the audience tell them what ghostwriting is all about because uh, that's a term you hear but no one really explains what it means yeah so ghostwriting is basically um again so i'll use phil knight the creator of nike or any celebrity um as an example they don't write their own books i mean maybe two percent of them do right um they, what they do is they hire someone, a professional writer, who will sit down and, and kind of interview them, um, collect all their thoughts, get their ideas for a book, and then the writer will write that book. Um, but the celebrity or the you know the author's name goes on the cover. The ghostwriter is just you know the term ghostwriter is that we're just kind of invisible in the background. Um, we do the writing and then we hand it over. We collect our um, our payment and then we go on our merry way and find a new client that's hopefully audience you understand that i mean i can understand that so hopefully you can as well it's pretty simple 
he does the work their name goes on it <laughs> yep exactly so i've i i have written i think about three dozen books um and my name isn't isn't on any of them but then you know perfectly fine with that i've learned so much uh, from working with with these people and it's yeah i like it i enjoy what i do and that helps you to appreciate the the whole story storytelling thing as well because you hear their stories as being told by them and then you can just make it flow and and put it out there and and then their story is actually out there on the shelves and when you go into barnes noble or books a million you can take your picture next to it, a little selfie say that's me yep yep for sure be happy so of, of your clients now what's the age group age uh, differentiation uh demographics that you work with now is it for all ages or usually just like uh middle professionals like 30 to 50 probably about 30 to 50 and people who are, um, again, like entrepreneurs or small to medium sized business owners, people who have hit maybe I'd say like between 1 million and 20 million annually in sales or revenue, um, who are in growth phase of their business, maybe three, five, seven years in, and they're looking to expand to a new level, right. To use a book, again, as a lead generation tool, as a credibility booster um, to prove their authority to, because, you know, case studies are always put into books to kind of subconsciously tell the reader, like, you know, Hey, we've, we've done this before. This is what we do. Um, so yeah, again, just small business owners um, just looking for that next level of expansion. So, I mean, that's, I think that's the best place for you to sit there right now as you are growing, like you said, and you just started to build your team out a little more. And as you have to build it out more, I'm sure you can go to different demographics and, and help the, the brand new entrepreneur to, to sell their story from maybe they had something that went on in their life before they became a business person and they want to show that as part of their business and help them out or the person that's retiring say, hey, let me tell the story about what I did to get to this point where now I can sit with my feet up all day and, and sip on tea. Yeah, for sure. So we have like our, the packages where we do everything um, are, you know, fairly expensive for the average everyday person. They're between 14,000 and 34,000 for a book for a business person or for a business with a marketing expense. Um, that's a, that's a good investment because they can see that return in a matter of months um, if, you know, done properly. But for the average everyday person, we also like, so I wrote uh, a book, it's called your book on your terms, which walks it's a, you know, a book basically about what our business does, right? So if you can't afford that, our packages, it's perfectly fine. Everything that we do is listed within this book. We're also in the process of creating an online course. Um, that'll be a few hundred dollars. So, and then we're going to have also like group writing, like yearly, we'll, we'll put together like a group of people who want to write and that'll be a few thousand. So we want to make sure that like we, everyone with every you know, whether you have $4.99 to spend on an ebook or you have the $34,000 to spend on our like full service package, you're able to write a book and share your story. And you'll, you'll reach the masses that way, especially as they are, they're able to scale up doing the workshops or the, the circle writing and then actually say, look, I'm, I'm diving full in on this. Yeah. I'm going to do this with you. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, and even, so we only work with nonfiction authors again, because of the ROI that that's a big price tag. If we worked with fiction authors, they would never see a return on investment. The average book sells 
um, 200 copies in its first year and a thousand copies over its lifetime, right? That's the average book. So you would never see a return on your investment. But if you're a fiction author, or if you're a veteran and you want to write your story like this, your book on your terms, I'm really not trying to like push it too much here, but really for 499. Yeah. Like you can read the book and it literally, it will walk you through the entire process of what you need to do, how to set up your outline, um, how to write the book, where to go to, you know, publish it, um, how to get a cover designer, everything, everything all the way up until it's listed on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, everything. So, you know, if you, if you are, I know your show is, is all about veterans and helping. And if you have a story and you need to get something off your chest and, you know, that book again, pick up that book and, and read it. And if you have, I don't know, additional questions, reach out to me. I mean, I'm more than happy to, uh, to help anyone who, needs to get their story out. But yeah, there are technology has really helped so much. Um, no longer do you need to go through the traditional publishing process and kind of beg for someone to write your book. Um, you can, you can do it and it can be available for everyone to read. So usually a, a press of a button once, yeah. you, once you're done going through Grammarly and make sure it sounds okay. <laughs> Yeah, well, luckily with Amazon, it's free um, to, if you find a spelling error, you can just, re, you know, edit your uh, interior file and for free, upload a new one. So right. <laughs> no worries if you, uh, if you mess up and your friend or your mom finds a spelling error in your book. Points it out to you. <laughs> you got a C minus on this one. Yeah, yeah. or yeah, or your daughter, if your daughter finds your, uh, any spelling errors. Definitely she will, believe me. I know she will. <laughs> so if you want to hold your book up so they can actually see it a little sure. bit. Yeah. So yeah. It's called Your Book on Your Terms. There you go. And you can get that on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, yep. all available areas. Okay. Yep, everywhere the books are sold, you can get it. And the same will be said about your book. Um, if you publish it using that book or through us, um, yeah, whichever. So how does someone get it going? You say contact you. How do they get in contact with you in order to either just have a chat with you or actually sign on with you? Yeah, so you can reach me at john, J-O-H-N, at visionaryliterary.com. Again, if you even if you just have questions, if you are a vet and you, you have questions, I'm more than happy to help. Um, and then also I'm on LinkedIn. Um, our website is visionaryliterary.com. Yeah, just you know, feel free to, to reach out in any way. Awesome. Uh, John, thanks for taking some of your time tonight to hang out with us and tell us a little bit about the Visionary Literary and what you, you're doing. A great job in one year, plus your other years of writing, of course. And how are you going to push forward with the, your dream, your vision to help others become writers and get their literary dreams out there? So we appreciate you being here. Well, thank you for having me, Rich. Thank you for your service. Um, to the veteran listeners, thank you for your service as well. Um, greatly appreciate it. No problem. Thank you. Although the years have changed now and we go by different names I remember the sound of our roof in the rain And my mind goes back in time to a place so far gone Where the love we left behind us was still new We were listening to a record 
on the end of your bed Not giving thought to where it was all going And I was right then and there so badly I could read your mind Just so I could know the things that you were knowing I believe, yes I do The hardest part is always leaving love behind I believe, yes I do That everything we lose will be a gift in time But the hardest part is leaving love behind When it was time to say goodbye Those words came down like stones I admit for so long after It was hard to feel at home We would hear the highway song Shifting down in the night I was grateful that the echoes broke the quiet I believe, yes I do The hardest part is always Leaving love behind I believe, yes I do That everything we lose Will be a gift in time But the hardest part is leaving love behind Taking some of your time to spend with us on Fit Nation. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and share the link as much as possible. If you want to, please become a supporter to help us carry this thing on. We appreciate you. If you know someone that brings that energy, has a great story, is an up and comer in any industry of music, in the arts, have them reach out to us on themisfitnation.com. We will get back to them within one day and get them on here so they can share their story with the world.
As always, till next time, be humble, stay hungry, and keep hustling. Because we are Fit Nation. Cause if she ain't ever coming back I'ma need some whiskey 